Well, if you're listening to my voice now, you came back for a second helping of the life of Bob, trying to prove to you that Bob's really aren't that bad a guy. I hope. So today, I wanted to give you the second installment, and this is a story that um, I like to call the worst date ever. But uh, the, I think I've told this story so many times to my kids, they just call it the coyote story. So for my kids, here we go. The worst date ever. In 1979, a young Bob is in school driving a beautiful 1973 Ford Pinto and looking at the ladies. I was a real cad in those days. I, uh, when it came to the ladies, I dated a lot of first dates. And I mean a lot. When I came across a young lady who, or this is the time when I came across this young lady who I thought I could do two dates maybe even three dates. This would be a long-term relationship for Bob. So with a bold attitude, I stepped up and asked out this girl, who by the way was way out of my league. And to my surprise, she said yes. You would normally think that that's the way it should go, but not so much with Bob. Even at this young age, my reputation preceded me. Did you know girls talk to each other? And it would take a lot of no's for me to finally get a yes. So there's a quick lesson to you guys. Girls do talk to each other. So you should treat them much better than you think you should. All right, Saturday night shows up and Bob has cleaned himself and his 73 Ford Pinto. And it's looking spiffy. I like that word. A clean car is a good impression when you show up at a date's house. And tonight was no exception. She lived outside of town, out on the farm roads. And when I showed up, it was classic. I pulled up and there's dad on the porch. Now here's dad rules. And this was the first time that I actually paid attention to dad rules. So the rules that this dad had was his daughter would be home at 9.30 and not a moment later. Now, understand from Bob's point of view, this dad in my 17-year-old brain stood about 10 foot tall, had skin like armor, and a soul just waiting to take the life out of a young teenager who had eyes for his little girl. A few moments later, I am in 
the 73 Ford Pinto with my date driving down Northwest Highway into Oklahoma City. I figure I should explain my change of heart and plans for tonight. So I look at this young lady and I say, instead of dinner and a movie, which would probably get us home past 930 and my life to be cut short, let's just go to dinner and we'll get you home around 8.30 to 9 and hopefully live for a second date. Guys, trust that women can sense logic and a good plan and just speak the truth. For my date looks back at me and actually agreed to try for a second date. And our plans were set. So we had dinner at some long forgotten restaurant and had a really good time talking about school and parents and friends and the stuff that happens when you're 17 living out in Oklahoma. And by 8.30, we were back in the 73 Ford Pinto heading back out of town on Northwest Highway. Now it's 8.30 at night, very late winter, early spring, so it had gotten dark, and it is quite dark. And that's when I saw the end of this date. There were two eyes glowing in the headlights about as far out as my headlights could reach. They were low to the ground and fixated on me. You've heard the phrase deer in the headlights? Well, it's true and it's not just deer. Most animals can get almost hypnotized by an oncoming car. And tonight it was a coyote. Now growing up on the fringe of Oklahoma City, you do learn a few tricks and here's one that works most of the time. Turn off the headlights. And that will break the trance of the little beastie out there. Count to three, turn on the headlights and watch them scurry into the brush on the side of the road. Now remember, I said that this works most of the time. Well, this was not most of the time. So I turned off the lights. I counted one, two, three, turned on the 73 Ford Pinto's lights, and there he was. Well, at least for a moment. And then there was a wet impact sound on the passenger side bumper. And then there was a sharp bump of the now deceased coyote going under that front passenger wheel. And then for the first time in my life, the feeling of the steering wheel jerking hard to the right out of my hands, forcing this poor coyote carcass jammed into the wheel well. And now my 73 Ford Pinto slammed into the ditch on Northwest Highway. Now here it's time for some facts about 1979. In 1979, this stretch of Northwest Highway 
was empty. There was no car lots, no restaurants, no apartment buildings, strip malls, nothing. Another fact, the only cell phones in 1979 could only be found on reruns of Star Trek. And if you got into a trouble, it was up to yourself to get your 73 Ford Pinto out of the ditch. Now my date and I were okay. So I jumped out of the out of the Ford Pinto and I checked the damage so I traversed around the front of the 73 Ford Pinto. And that's when I saw in the reflection of the headlights off the ground the back legs and tail of a now definitely deceased coyote. Now, if you know any Bob in your life, you will know that we will step up to the plate in a tough situation. And I can see the answer right hanging there, right in front of me. I have to grab the legs, wiggle and pull until the coyote comes free, and then I can get this girl home. So that's what I do, except the coyote won't wiggle and the coyote won't pull free. So I wiggle and pull a little harder and harder and then rip and a squelch sound. And I am holding half a coyote with blood everywhere. Let that image sink in for a minute. This is also when I look up to see my date's face glowing in the dashboard lights with a look of horror. Bob's date night has taken a very dark turn. After a long while, trying to figure out any other way to get out of this mess, I look at my now never going to have a second date date and say I'm going to get the wheel free so I reached into the wheel well until I felt something wet and furry and I grabbed it and I pulled and there was more wet squelchy noise and a handful of something that I've had nightmares about for a long time came out and I tossed it to the side and again into the dark I grabbed more and pulled it out and tossed it to the side again and again I kept going back for more bone fur gooey things that should never be mentioned keep coming out until finally what was left in the wheel well, fell down and underneath the 73 Ford Pinto. And now I could move the front right tire again. Now I can only imagine what this young, impressionable girl was thinking as I walked slowly in front of the 73 Ford Pinto, past the headlights, 
over to the driver's door. I sat down, started the car, and slowly pulled back onto Northwest Highway. At this moment, I realized just how bad I smelled. Horrendous would be a good word for it, but I'm sure you can come up with a few of your own. Safe to be said, it was not pleasant. Looking at the clock on the car radio, I read it, and it was now 10.30ish, heading towards 11 p.m. There wasn't a lot to talk about for the last half of the ride home, so in quiet, I pulled down her street, and I slowly pulled a U-turn in front of her house so I could have her door at her curbside. And as I made this turn, my headlights slowly passed over the front porch of her house to show her dad standing there. Now, what happens next? You must imagine from her dad's point of view, the 73 Ford Pinto covered in blood and slightly dented from the impact stops in front of the house. I get out and walk around the front of the 73 Ford Pinto showing that I am also covered in blood. And now I open the passenger door as far as possible so that my lovely date can jump out of the car so not to get any blood on her. And as she scurries up the lawn to the porch to her father, I look at this mountain of a man and say from the curb, I will never see or speak to your daughter again. I got back in my 73 Ford Pinto that was covered all in blood and drove off at 11 p.m. looking for a car wash. Oh yes, and there was no second date. I hope you enjoyed this, and I will be talking to you soon.